0: Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I am one of your hosts, Emmy Morgan, and I am just waiting for my co-host to join, and then we can get started on some topics, and oh, there's going to be a lot to talk about today. Um, here in Western Mass, it is raining, and oh, it stopped raining, I lied when i was starting the show it was raining and suddenly it stopped hello joseph good day how's it going
1: uh it's rainy here too so you know living the dream
0: yeah it just it just stopped like literally when i looked up and i'm like wait it was just raining this whole morning i'm done with it i'm done with this (laughs) I I like the rain, like it makes me relaxed. I think
1: a little rain makes me relax. This much rain makes me uh, want to build an ark.
0: Oh my god, it's just (laughs) so dramatic! How's your um, How was your week? Great. Um, Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you know, work is work. Always some Mm -hmm. kind of drama there, but. had a great day yesterday. Went into Boston. Went to uh, mm-hmm. went to the aquarium. Went on a duck boat tour, which I haven't I haven't done here in Massachusetts. I've done it down in Georgia, but never here. And it was a blast.
0: Mm-hmm. It was a great time. No, had no complaints. That's that's next on the list. What else did and you ten. do?
1: Um, Friday Friday we pretty much laid low. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like we did do something Friday. No, nothing crazy. Friday. It's been a, it's been a relatively quiet week. Um, just hmm. you know, obviously work keeps busy, but um, you know, I had fun this weekend. It's fine. We had a great time. Another oh. rain again.
0: Nice. Um, what did I do last week? I worked, and that was pretty much it. But yesterday. Um, I got to go to a drive-in movie as an adult, and I hadn't done that as an adult ever. I remember doing it as a kid, but it was so cool to be there and we watched Black Widow. Yeah. And it's so funny because my take on Black Widow was exactly my nephew's take on it. And he said the exact same thing as me, like, uh... What's the point of this movie? It was quite funny. Um, But, yeah, the whole experience was fun. And I actually managed to, this is the funniest thing. So this guy walks by, and I'm staring at him, and he's staring at me. And he goes, Emily? And I'm like, oh, he was my neighbor growing up, like my next-door neighbor. And he's like, oh, my God, I almost didn't recognize you. Thank God for Facebook. Because, you know, obviously I've changed since he last saw me. But, yeah, it was it was really cool being there. Um, I don't know. I had fun. Except I, I was disappointed with the food because my vision was having a hot dog and cheeseburger and fries. And the hot dog was decent. The fries were good, and the cheeseburger tastes like a sausage, so... Mm. And I hate sausage, like McDonald's sausage. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, it was kind of gross. But I have to say, though, this is the weirdest thing to to compliment them on. I went to the bathroom, and the bathroom was, like, walking into, like, a Hollywood trailer. It had, like, wood panel floors. It, It was just, like... I was like, where am I right now? It was so funny. And then I came out and I'm like, oh my god, Jamie, you have to go to the bathroom. She's like, what are you talking about? And then she she had to go, obviously. And she was braving about the bathrooms too. It was quite funny. But yeah, yeah you know, that's what I did yesterday. You know. Yeah, the bathroom and told me. And you didn't
1: like Black Widow.
0: It just, what was the point of that? Like, I don't want to do any spoilers. I just didn't understand why the movie was made. If we weren't going to get any, like, chidbit as to, like, oh, maybe she can come back or what. I, I get telling her backstory, but even her backstory was kind of muddled. And I'm just like, what is going on? I just, I didn't get it. I did not get it.
1: See, and this is I'm the sorry. problem with the kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say revisionist storytelling because it's not revisionist. They're basically filling gaps with a lot of their shows and mm-hmm. movies like this where it's supposed to be telling backstory. And frankly, they mm-hmm. should have done this Black Widow movie years ago because then it would have fit mm-hmm. more sequentially and would have made more sense. But, um, you know, that's what happens when you're pumping out 75 movies a year is, you know, you end up with a standalone like this, that kind of doesn't make sense, but does at the same Mm -hmm. time, if you're trying to fill gaps and understand what happened after, you know, the Avengers part one, like, and that's the thing, like there's, there's so many, there's so many things where there's comic book, uh, it's related to the comic books. There's so many things where it's related to, you know, the other movies that they've, they've kind of branched off and it's, it's just, it's hard to keep up sometimes. I'll be honest.
0: And I get it. It was the time period between Civil War right after she let, you know, them go and after the blip. Like, in the, those those time frames, because she didn't get blipped. Um, I get yeah. that. But even my nephew and I agreed, it was a filler movie. It literally was an afterthought. Like, hmm, let's do a movie about that time period. Like, It didn't really, like, I was just in the ending scene, I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I, whatever.
1: Yeah, whatever. it was one of those movies where they just they added it in because,
0: mm-hmm. you know, they can't. it's Marvel. Right. And why not? Right. Right. Okay. I just, I don't know. I guess I just didn't need a Black Widow movie as much as I thought I did. Um, I, I mean, I like the action. I thought it was decent. And that's the thing that my um, nephew pointed out. There wasn't a ton of action. There, it was there, but it wasn't like a normal Marvel action-packed movie. It was, it was there though. Yeah, whatever. Sprinkle. Um. So let's get started on some of these topics. We have a lot to cover. Um, The. The topic that I'm happiest about is Jerry O'Connell replacing Sharon Osbourne on The Talk. Um, The reason why I'm happy about it is because I've always been a Jerry O'Connell fan. I mean, you and I grew up watching his movies as he was a kid. You know, so we grew up with him and, you know, Stand By Me, we watched him in Scream 2, we saw him in Sliders. So we kind of grew up with him. When he was on Live with Kelly and she was looking for a co-host, I was on board with that. I was like, I will watch that show if he's on it. And she didn't end up picking him. So then when he came on the talk, his first episode, I remember tweeting out to the talk, you have to keep him. He is hilarious. He's great. And they must have listened to me specifically because they signed him. And They heard you. They heard me. Damn it. I'm the one that got wasn't just his job. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold to this theory. Not only did they sign him, but he ended up following me on Twitter. Thank you very much. So Bam. yeah. He loves me. Um what do you think about that replacement for Sharon? That is a guy too.
1: Well, I think – well, a couple things. Number one, um, thank goodness they replaced her. I mean, there was – I think, mm-hmm. you know, after all of this stuff started coming out a few months ago, and, and you know, we had talked about it here as well, mm-hmm. there was just no way that, that she was coming back. And, and at mm-hmm. least in any capacity that people were going to be able to respect her or her opinion or anything that she says or the camaraderie that she has with her with her co-host, it just would not have worked. So, I'm glad that they, you know, they found a replacement. Um, I'm a little mm-hmm. surprised. Um, I'm a little surprised, not because of him per se, but because they've kind of gone with, like, this cliched dude um, to, to fill a gap that was, you know, that, that was left by a, a pretty I – I, I don't want to say she's a, she's her own personality, but – She's she's kind of a kind of a different personality and and has a big personality. So I'm surprised not that mm-hmm. again not that Jerry doesn't have a personality and not that he's not entertaining. I'm just surprised that they didn't find somebody that's a little bit more, I guess, um, boisterous or um, I don't know, a, a little bit more animated. Oh, I but I think mm-hmm. but I think it's I think it's a it's a good choice because it does kind of calm things down and and that show mm-hmm. can sometimes get a little a little, they get a little excitable. So, um, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out over the course of time. I do want to, I wonder if he's going to, if he's going to get into it on any of the topics similar to what's happened before on some of these shows where, you know, where our people will be more outspoken. I'd like to see how that dialogue goes and that interaction goes. But other than that, you know, it's not a, to me, it's not a bad choice. I think it's a safe choice, which doesn't surprise <laughs> me after Sharon Osbourne. So we'll mm-hmm. see
0: how it pans out. I think it's a safe choice as well. And I, he has not agreed with them on some level. I would say that they are probably going to work it out like me and you. Like, they can disagree on topics, but they're not going to scream and yell like with Sharon, which I can appreciate. And on air, his first day, he gave all the women flowers. And I was just like, holy crap, like, that's so sweet. Like, I don't know. I just, I can appreciate having um, him on there because first of all, I have to disagree with you. He is overly animated. Sometimes it's like, all right, can we talk about something serious? Don't get in a speedo. Let's just talk about something serious. He's kind of kooky and crazy. um, But that's kind of what they need. I do feel like if Carrie Ann leaves, that they should get another guy. I'm just not sure. Um, I like Victor Cruz because he is more serious. He is straight-laced. He will disagree with them, and he will, like, um, say, you know, "Mm, I, I just don't agree. I'm sorry. But I don't know. It's between him and this other guy who I cannot pronounce his name. The sportscaster guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, what is his name? Oh, I can't remember his name. Um, he used to be a football player, but he's guest starred on there a couple times. But yeah, I'm loving Jerry on it for real. Much needed break from the drama. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean like the zany stuff. Like the zany stuff, I can. Yeah.
1: You know, I I feel like that's almost like. Here's your part, buddy. Expected. This is what you're gonna mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. I'm talking about, uh, I guess, someone who's a little bit more outspoken about certain things. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's not going to disagree, but I think that's one of the things that Sharon brought to the table is that she was very, was very unabashed about her feelings about things. And I, you know, I can appreciate mm-hmm. that kind of passion. The problem is obviously when it goes into a darker place, <laughs> it ends up being less productive to the conversation and more harmful. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see how I mix it out.
0: I liked Sharon on the show up until she said what she said. Had she not said that to Cheryl, I would have been okay with her staying on the show. But after she said that, I was like, I don't think she's a racist, obviously. But the way she attacked Cheryl. I don't care if you feel attacked or not. You're an adult. Don't attack your friend. Like I just, I did. That didn't feel right. And then, like hearing the other allegations, it's just, I don't know. Whatever. Um.
1: So you don't, you don't think Cheryl was a uh, was a racist?
0: I do not. I mean, uh, and I don't. Cheryl. I know who you meant. Um, I do not. I don't know why. Um, I think that sometimes, like with her saying, well, I don't think Megan's black because she doesn't look it. I think that, oh, gosh, I don't know how to explain it. We grew up with people like that in Agawam. And although I didn't think that they were racist, I thought that they had moments of ignorance. And I think Sharon's more ignorant than she is racist because I don't think she'd ever say the N-word, but I certainly don't agree with her saying Megan isn't black because you're not going to tell somebody that they're, as a white person, you cannot tell somebody that they're black or not, as a person in general you know, outside of that human being. If that human being says, I'm a space alien, then you fucking address that person as a space alien. If they say they're black, that's how you address them. Um, especially if the person is of mixed race and they consider themselves that way, who are you to tell them? So I think it's more she's ignorant more than she's racist, but that's just my take on it. Do you feel she was racist? Oh, yeah. did? Um, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So I I would argue that there are various levels of racism. There's the overt, mm-hmm. blatant, in-your-face, calling someone the N-word, telling them that they ain't worth mm-hmm. shit, that they're not valuable because of the color of their skin. There's the other mm-hmm. kind, which I think kind of falls a little bit further back towards, you're right, towards a scale of maybe ignorance, but still belies part of the problem, which is, I don't value mm-hmm. what your perspective is or what your um, perception is of who you are or what you think or what you say because of the color mm-hmm. of your skin. And I think there, I think there's a problem because both devalue the person and devalue the, the um, you know, the, the perspective of that individual. But I think they, mm-hmm. they are just variants of a theme, almost, you know, almost similar to the, a lot of the other things that we talk about, where we're, everything's kind of on the spectrum of. You know, how bad could it be? And there's, like, the people burning the cross on your front lawn are clearly, like, at one end, and then there's the people mm-hmm. that make these types of comments where they assume that they're harmless or they know that they're not harmless, but they just think they're going to get away with it. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, there's, there's certain people that you could give them a pass if they were, you know, if they, if they didn't have the cultural awareness because they just haven't been exposed to it. But if you're going to tell me that Sharon Osbourne hasn't been around and hasn't been around the world enough to understand where some of these cultural issues come from and how they play out in certain situations, uh, I got to disagree.
0: She's not – this isn't her first rodeo. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I just feel like there are some people, when you educate them, suddenly they understand. And I feel like she just needs to be educated. And I do get the fact that you're saying, you know, she's in her 60s. She's been around black people. She should know better. But just because she's been around black people doesn't mean that she's been educated. You know, um, I don't know. I, st- I still feel like there's some growth there. I would, I would have had a conversation with her.
1: I, I certainly, I certainly would welcome the opportunity to have that conversation. Mm. But mm. I think at seventy, I think I, I'm, I, I find it hard to believe that she hasn't had that conversation, or someone out there somewhere, or she hasn't mm. seen or heard or watched a, a TV show, or like, how do you not know? Especially in this day and age, yeah. you're living in the in the in the wake of you know the the, the post. You know, Trayvon Martin, George Floyd, like all of Mm -hmm. these scenarios that have happened that have brought these issues to the forefront and social media has made it impossible to not know or be aware. So I think the ignorant claim for someone that is that exposed to the world and that much of a public persona who probably has a publicist and probably has, you know, a a manager and probably has all these people like, don't step on this grenade, don't step on this landmine, Don't, don't do this, don't wade into these waters. I mean, I find it hard to believe that someone in that position wouldn't have the moxie to be able to handle it, but it's entirely possible. It certainly will leave room for that as, as an option.
0: Do you also wonder, because I wonder too, kind of like how Jerry feels the role of a goof, do you think maybe Sharon's role is to push the boundaries no matter what she personally feels? Do you wonder if maybe that could be it too?
1: So, that's that. I guess that's always the problem when you talk about these these mm. shows that are supposed to be reality shows or talk shows. You know how mm-hmm. much in 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 terms of pre production, in terms of of you know the, the the walkthroughs that they're going through before the show starts. How much mon- How much are they really? Prepping and planning for you know those explosive arguments and that explosive dialogue that could be more seen as more contentious. I, I you mm-hmm. know I don't know, but I I will say this though. That type of stuff gets ratings. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if that if that's part of it. Yeah, people are tuning in. People want to see the fight. They want to see the explosiveness. And if they don't want to see that, then they want to see something zany, crazy, wild, haha. I want to laugh. I want to, you know, like it's, it's just part of, that's part of show business in general.
0: hmm Agreed. Get people watching. Um, speaking of, oh, um, uh, explosiveness and whatnot, let's talk about the shit show that is the Olympics. Um, oh. This this thing is literally a shit show. Like I'm not even gonna watch the Olympics because I never have. But the the road leading to the Olympics, which did start Friday and go until August eighth, um, in Tokyo. It was originally supposed to be last year but they postponed it because of pandemics. This is a complete shit show. Like, um, starting in twenty seventeen it's just been a nightmare. I mean, COVID outbreaks. Um, an account manager for the Japanese, uh, the Japanese Olympic Committee, committed suicide over some bribery scandal and missing eight million dollars in their department. A Russian archer collapsed due to heat. Uh, I mean, it's just, and that's not even mentioning the fencer who was accused of sexual assault by three women and he still gets to compete yet Shakari can't compete because of um smoking dope which is just weird Smoke, um, a little herb after her mom died after her mom died to calm down um, <laughs> this is a shit show like literally like i can't even uh, i can't what are your thoughts on all of this stuff
1: um, this is, you know, we're, 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 we're finally, you know, we feel like we're starting to see some relief from the the, the whole pandemic. And I think just like everything else, it's the punch in the face that we needed right now, because, mm-hmm. you know, just like this Delta variant is, has taken over and has created this explosion in cases um, it you know the, the Tokyo Olympics has given us some insight into just how unprepared and how how far we still have to go and how we are not back to normal. I mean just everything that's happening in the in the Olympics is 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 thrown off because number one, this wasn't when it was supposed to happen. Number two, Mm -mm. the way that they have to go through these protocols to supposedly keep people protected is, uh, you know, is is it's not doing it because there are still cases that are happening there and it's affecting, you know, the outcomes of events. And then you've got all these other weird bylines and all these other weird storylines that are happening. Um, the, just because I think, you know, the world is not prepared yet. We're not there and we're still dealing with the repercussions of, of COVID and, and understanding how that's going to impact things for years to come. But uh, it's, to me, it's just, it's, it's, it's like watching an ant farm uh, that had gotten shaken up and now they're like mm-hmm. trying to get the ant farm back to where it was. And you're like, what is, what the hell is happening in there? Um you know, it's, it, the, the U.S. basketball team just lost to France. It, it's <sighs> – I don't even know what's happening right now.
0: hmm It's a mess. It's literally the a
1: mess. The, the women's soccer team lost. The women's soccer team hasn't lost in like a, like a billion years, and they lost – they got blown out. It's just so weird to see some of this stuff the way it's playing out, both you know on the fields or you know on the on the track or whatever it is, and you know in the uh, you know in the the, the storylines that are happening. It's, it's crazy.
0: I just yeah, it's almost like um, not that you have, but Young and the Restless a couple years ago was going through drama. I mean, so more drama behind the scenes than on screen. And people were logging into Twitter daily just to see what new drama what Jung and the Restless was gonna have. And it, it's the same thing with the Olympics. The drama is so much greater behind the scenes than it is like during these games. And and then the games are like sad, like the U.S. losing when in categories they already always win in. That's sad. That's depressing. So it's like maybe they should have postponed it another year. I don't know. This this is yeah. sad. This is sad. It, it, it
1: obviously it, it you feel bad for Tokyo because the, in mm. terms of the Olympics, in terms of Japan. Um, and the economic impact of not having an Olympics, let alone having to, you know, the, the postponing it for a year, it sucks. I mean, I, I, I understand why that can be, you know, that can be a boon to, you know, to any con- you know country in their their effort to try to to keep this thing going. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta you gotta look and see what's happening here.
0: <sighs> yeah. Um, we'll get them next week. <laughs> yeah we'll get them next time I still probably won't watch but <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe um, another thing that happened last week which is crazy uh, Hollywood is leaving California not the actual town but I mean Netflix and Universal Studios two huge entities in entertainment They built some studios in New Mexico because of their 35% tax incentive. And I'm sorry, but that's huge. But I I feel most bad for Julia Roberts. I know we're always talking about that poor woman. Every single time some news comes up, you know, whether it's it's, um, Harriet Tubman or whatnot, we're always talking about poor Julia Roberts. But Julia Roberts moved to New Mexico when she got married to escape Hollywood, and now Hollywood is right outside her back door. And I just kind of feel bad for some of the other stars, like Bo Derek, and all these other people who find sanctuary in New Mexico, and now all the Hollywood places are, are businesses are coming there. Um, I did read something where someone was like, yeah, it's, it's great and fun now, but once the political leanings change, they'll be back in California. And I didn't think about that at first. I was just focused on the 35% tax incentive they have. What are your thoughts on Hollywood defecting to New Mexico?
1: Well, I think just like any other state that has taken advantage of favorable tax codes in whatever capacity they can. I mean, if you, if you look at how manufacturing left New England years and years and years ago, and then tech left, you know, the Boston, Boston area to some degree to go to California, like states are, are always trying to appeal to whatever industry to try to capitalize, make some money and get some, you know, get boost some revenue there. Um, Mm -hmm. This is no different. The one thing I will say is Hollywood's not going anywhere in the long term. Mm. Uh, it's it's similar to the fact that a lot of these movies have started to go towards, you know, to Boston, for example, and Massachusetts mm-hmm. as, an, as an option of filming. Right. Um, they use Vancouver as a, as a, as a, like Hollywood Canada. They use, mm-hmm. you know, all of Australia or New Zealand as Hollywood, you know, South Pacific. So there's, There's all of these other places that Hollywood takes advantage of as great filming locations. Um, Studios will move there or or open up spots there so that they can get the tax, the the favorable tax status. But at the end of the day, it's a shell game. You know, they're, they're not going anywhere. And these major studios are not moving from what is the mecca of movie production and TV production. It just won't happen, not any time in the near future, unless California falls off the face of the earth like they expected to with a big earthquake, but that's either here or
0: there. Why do you think California is so ideal for them instead of these other places? Like, why is that such a mecca, do you think? So my
1: sneaking suspicion is that when, you know, first of all, when Hollywood, you know, was was – in its infant stages, and they were, you know, they were they were looking at this area of the country that had, um, you know, gone through the gold rush. They they had, you know, Los Angeles had become kind of this this burgeoning, you know, city and in, in, uh, shining city in, on the West Coast. And uh, if I were to pick a place where you have access to all kinds of filming locations. You've got deserts, you've got forests, you've got mountains, you've got oceans. You've got, so you've got all of these locations that are built in within a very, very short uh, radius of L.A., right? And mm-hmm. if you have that opportunity to be able to utilize those different locations to film all different sorts of movies, it's really a great place to kind of build from. And that's part of the reason why if you look at you know, like a place like Australia or New Zealand, it's the same concept. They have all the mm. fantastic locations that they can utilize. So why not? And, and New Mexico, frankly, is, is very similar. They've got mountainous areas, mm. they've got deserts, they've got, you know, cities they've got. So there are places where you can utilize those for for locations. Um, and that, you know, that's something that's invaluable. You don't have to spend all that money on, on CGI.
0: And New England has four seasons, so depending on when you're shooting, you can take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the the same advantage that that New York had when, you know, if you Mm. want to film a big city, New York is great for that, but you're also limited. You're limited in what else you can do there because aside from having a massive metropolitan sprawl, you really don't have much else. You can go out to Long Island, you, can, you know, there's, there's other stuff there. You can go north into the, you know, into the Adirondacks or into the Appalachians, but, you know, you're not really as, as centrally located to kind of the diversity that you see in California. And California's landscape, um, you know, they have so many nat- national parks alone in that area. Um, it's just, it, it's an invaluable resource to have that accessible to you. Hmm.
0: Good insight. I'm glad I asked her. I've always wondered. Well, I mean it makes sense, you know, so yeah. I've always wondered like why California? Um speaking of questions that I have, like, why is that going on? Rich white dudes in space. We got Jeff <laughs> Bezos, we got what? Richard Branson and Elon Musk. Um all right. So here's my take on it, and then your take will probably make much more sense. My take is Jeff and Richard are fulfilling childhood fantasies. They have the money to do so. Although I will say I think it's more of a PR stunt, but I don't care because I'm here for it. Jeff is bringing Wally Funk, who is 82 years old, with him into space. And who Wally Funk is, she's a woman who's at the age of 21, back in the 60s, passed all the NASA testing and whatnot. She was denied because she's a woman. She could have gone to space back then, but she was denied. So I think Jeff's PR people were like, hey, here's an opportunity for you. And he's taking her with him. Um, I'm okay with that. But Elon has said on the record, you know, hey, I'm just trying to do this for deeper explanation, explore, exploration of the solar system and stuff. Neither one of these three men are scientists. I feel like they are doing it to say we are doing it. Had they said, I'm sending my best scientists up there from my company that I started, they're going to explore. They're going to do like, they go through this training or whatnot. I just don't agree with these three men going up, trying to make a stamp when they really don't have to. But What is your take on it?
1: Well, First of all, can we just talk about the flying penis?
0: The Austin That's Powers scene? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right when I Jeff, saw the Jeff flying Bezos. rocket. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff,
1: Jeff Bezos could not have, have, have taken uh, a more phallic uh, approach to building a rocket mm-hmm. than what he did. That was absolutely hysterical. Um, I absolutely agree that it was a PR stunt to um, to bring Phyllis into space. You know, what the funny thing is, when you look at, um, you know, Jeff Bezos is one of those guys that people are like, "Man, we hate this dude," you know, and then you you, you kind of you you figure he's probably got to try to build up his uh, his stock a little bit, not his stock mm, in, in Amazon. He's cool, crowd. Mhm. Yeah, it's cool credit. And so this is like an opportunity to be like not this just like not not just the rich guy who's just, you know, playing out his childhood fantasies. So I, I think it's um <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's clearly a PR stunt, but I understand why he's doing it. Mhm. Um I'm kind of on the fence in, in in two different ways. In one way, I'm like, man, oh man, like the amount of money that it costs to get mm-hmm. people into space, and these two, and they couldn't have like coordinated it together, so they both went up at the same time. Like that's how that's mm-hmm. how ridiculous these two are. Is that they both have to go up separately and spend exorbitant amounts of money, millions and billions of dollars to get into space, right. and, and I think like that. <laughs> when you talk about just how rich these two guys are and throw Elon Musk into the conversation it's like, dear Lord, that money could be put to so many better uses. Um, mm-hmm. the other side of it though, is that when you're talking about getting people into space and exploration and the excitement that it generates, um, I saw I saw an article or I saw some some blurb maybe it was on Twitter or something where uh this this young woman was talking about going to college and she wants to go to space and and it's kind of it it shows the other side of it which is that if it spurs on greater exploration and greater scientific advancement and the effort to continue to you know to 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 get people involved in a conversation and show interest in a, in a subject that's kind of like America's kind of fallen by the wayside when it comes to mm-hmm. a lot of, and I shouldn't say completely, but we have fallen in our world standing in terms of what our capabilities are scientifically. And that's one of the things that Elon Musk has constantly been trying to, you know, promote is that, you know, we've got a lot of smart people here. Let's, let's mm-hmm. take advantage of that and instead of just trying to you know to make money um let's let's try to use it for the betterment of humanity
0: um right
1: so I, you know i i wonder if there's going to be some kind of weird you know uh future utopian say t- t- you know story gone awry where like technology ends, it ends up being like the matrix or something crazy but the interest in trying to get people into space and trying to get people to advance, um, to me, that's exciting because it's not something that we have seen since I I really think since the the Challenger explosion in the eighties. And yeah, that that
0: definitely dampened things.
1: Yeah. And they basically shut Mm -hmm. down the space program for all intents and purposes shortly after that, Mm -hmm. because, there was just a lot of risk and what more was there to do keep landing on the moon mm-hmm. you know they've sent mm-hmm. they've sent unmanned exploration to mars and that's cool and they've got you know these these satellites and these these ships that are going and orbiting you know planets like jupiter and sending back this phenomenal um you know footage of of jupiter and its moons and things like that but at the end of the day you know we're we had kind of i don't want to say we had stopped but we had we had it slowed down to the point where, um, you know, I can see why these people who had childhood dreams and who now have so much money that they don't know what else to do with it are interested in mm-hmm. getting out there and trying to, you know, trying to explore, trying to fulfill those dreams, but also to spark the interest again.
0: Yeah, but are these the, the pe- the right people to do it? Like they don't know they're being trained on what to do. There are other people that are way more qualified that, that could go up and do the research and, and do all the things that these guys are wasting their time on. But I will say this, they, those, guys, those three men that I mentioned, yes, they're doing this to fulfill their childhood dream, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They are charitable people. They have done other things down here. It's just, I don't know. We, should, we really shouldn't be telling people at the end of the day, we really shouldn't be telling people how to spend their money, but it just feels a little bit shamboyish to be a billionaire and spending billions just to go into space just for bragging rights. You know, Neil Armstrong did yeah. it for research. He didn't do it to be cool. You know what I mean? And hip. So, I don't know. That's just my take on it
1: well and i th- and I think that's part of the the equation is you know mm-hmm. are these people uh, you know' Jeff Bezos, who has literally taken over the entire universe with amazon and mm-hmm. richard branson who is who's had similar you know success with virgin and um has been talking about going to space for years um because mm-hmm. of uh, you know the the opportunity to add a commercial element to it um you know, do do we fault these people for being so successful and making so much money that they are able to do these things and fund these these things where perhaps the US government has has stopped and the US government has lapsed? And that was actually one of the things that the US government has had proposed when they were starting to talk about, you know, hey, we're not going to be sending manned missions anymore. We're not going to be sending people into space anymore because we feel that at this point there's no benefit for the government to continue to do it. And private enterprises are probably more inclined and more, you know, have the capability and have the desire to. Continue to do it for other purposes that why not hand the torch to them and allow them to continue to advance it? And if there's some value that we can get from it Then great. and feed us that information, but at the same time, it's you know, that's that's part of the, the, the Conversation there was an intent to try to to get people to, to move it to the private se- sector and and now you have that opportunity really coming to
0: fruition I just I feel bad for all the people that have gone to school for this, and they're just watching these billionaires do it. It just I, I feel bad. I really do. So yeah,
1: yeah. And it is it, anyway. is it is you know it's it's sad that you see you know a couple a couple of rich white dudes getting into mm-hmm. you know getting into space before all these other people that have worked their butts off to do it, but. Mm-hmm. This might also pave the way for some of those people to, you know, to go into, uh, you know, go into space in a different capacity, and because they're prepared, maybe they're the ones who are leading some of these commercial endeavors. So you never know. I mean, that's always what ends up happening with government, um, with a lot of government employees. They end up working in, in you know, for the private sector, doing, doing stuff that has carryover. Sometimes it's for bad reasons, like when you see these, uh, you know, black ops types of people that, uh, you know, that end up working for these uh, these these companies that are doing all kinds of shady missions. Um, which is maybe mm-hmm. it's a necessary evil, maybe it's not. But then there's the other positive effects of things like, you know, here's uh, you know here's here's an opportunity to continue to advance. Uh, science and technology in this country and and around the world, and collaborate around the world with other uh,
0: with other companies and other countries. And another thing that kind of probably digs that knife into people's gut is Jeff Bezos is bringing his hot brother, like Mark. Like <laughs> Mark, Mar- Mark is hot and everything, but he's not a scientist either. And it's just, like, that would be, like, me, uh, I don't know, like, (laughs) forming some sort of company and then just adding all the people that I I care about on simply because I can. And it's just, like, there are qualified people that should be doing those jobs, and I'm just going to do it because I can. I don't know. It just feels kind of wrong, but that's it. my take on it. Um, Moving towards Palestine, which was something that we talked about before, and you actually educated me so well on it. Ben and Jerry's must have been listening because they decided that they are no longer going to sell their product to Palestine territory. And here come the Republicans all upset over ice cream and calling on a boycott. And it's hilarious to me that these people are calling on a boycott of Ben and Jerry's because these are the same people who said, I don't believe in cancel culture. Boycotts are part of cancel culture. Like, I don't know how, how I'm to explain that to them. Um, Quite funny. Quite funny. And I just kind of like shake my head at it. They believe in cancel culture when it's when it suits their narrative. If they are being canceled, oh no, I, cancel culture is awful. Um, do you think that Ben and Jerry's is doing the right thing? Well, it's you
1: know I th- I think any company that's trying to be socially conscious has mm. every right to figure out how they want to do that. You know, no one, right. you know. No one's uh, no one's boycotting Chick-fil-A because they're closed on Sundays due to their religious beliefs. People are boycotting are they Chick-fil-A. Well, so that's it. People are boycotting Chick-fil-A because they're racist and homophobic. So when they support, you know, when they take the money that they've earned off of their crappy chicken sandwiches and then they Oof. use it to support initiatives that are anti LGBTQ community, anti, you know, mm-hmm. uh, voting rights. When they, when they use that money to support causes that are an antithetical to what your own personal beliefs are, then yeah, you have a right to boycott that and same thing with Ben and Jerry's Ben and Jerry's doesn't have to support, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes an apartheid regime in Israel, they don't have to do mm-hmm. that. They don't have to support them with their. With their dollars, they don't have to support them with their products. They don't have to support them with their advertising. That's their right as a business. And how un-American is it to say that this mm-hmm. business can't operate however they see fit? For what if they, if they don't want to earn money in a specific place because they feel like it's not ethical to do so, then that's their business. But how un-American is it to then say, we're going to boycott an American company mm-hmm. because of their because of their foreign sales because of what they're doing Mm -hmm. outside of this country and we're going to actually take sides with a foreign country i don't care what foreign country it is but we're going to take sides with a foreign country over an american country or an american company because it doesn't align with my political views and that to me is absurd Mm -hmm. but that's the hypocritical nature of what cancel culture represents to the Republican side of the conversation. When you talk about cancel culture, it's always, why are these things being canceled? But we want to cancel what we want. Right. And oftentimes there's no logic or, or reason to it. And it certainly doesn't follow this. Like they, these aren't following the same scripts. Can't say I believe in capitalism for one, and that's why you shouldn't cancel it, but I don't believe in capitalism for the other, and that's why I do want to cancel it. It's just hypocritical on its face.
0: And the main thing, the main huge difference with Chick-fil-A and Ben and Jerry, Chick-fil-A is saying to the world, I don't, you know, we don't support um, people's right to love. And when Ben and Jerry boycott this Palestine mess, because it is a fucking mess, they're saying, we don't support people's right to kill over land. And it's so hilarious that the Republicans who are ready to make laws over women's bodies, not so you know, I, we don't support abortion, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. So you support basically genocide over land is that what you're telling me most of the people that are in opposition of this Ben and Jerry's boycott are being paid and are being funded and are being protected with Israel money um Greg Abbott signed a bill four years ago in Texas that divested any company boycotting Israel. Four years ago, he did that. So, of course, he's going to come out and say, Ben and Jerry's boycotting the Palestine territories is wrong. Of course, he's going to say that. They line his pocket. I, I don't understand how these people sleep at night sometimes. Kids are being Bard. murdered over there and they're okay with that. I don't I don't and get it. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the mm-hmm. problem. You
1: can't have a stance. And and and, and this is where the the, the lobby the lobbying industry is so powerful that of course you can't have a genuinely moral standpoint on the situation and receive all of this money that says we want to support this particular, you know, this particular group or this particular country and and the Zionist movement in general is something that there are plenty of people, plenty of Jews in Israel and plenty of Jews worldwide that do not agree with the Zionist movement in general. There's plenty mm-hmm. of people outside of the Zionist movement that disagree with it and feel like it is an apartheid movement and, and, and like you said, genocidal on its face. But that's mm-hmm. part of the problem the argument then becomes now you're being anti-Semitic because you don't believe in Zionism or feel that Zionism in and of itself is harmful and detrimental to a whole other group of marginalized people. And so when you can't even have an honest argument with, with, you know, with people and an honest conversation with people, because the feeling is, I'm going to step on a landmine. I'm going to end up in a position where I'm arguing about something that's not even part of the conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. it makes it that much harder to to actually make progress. And that's the frustrating thing about this situation. And, and the frustrating thing that I'm sure Ben and Jerry's is experiencing, you know, they Mm -hmm. want to, you know, if they want to support the green industry, you, you, you'll have people argue against that for their own reasons but this is, you know, this is people. This is people, and this is people that are dying and living in this oppressive, mm-hmm. pseudo-apartheid state without officially calling it an apartheid state. Um. And 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 so there's a there's there's a layer that's added to that that makes it much more complex and much
0: more challenging to address, but it doesn't make it any less important. Mm. Agreed. But yeah, I just find it funny that they feel women are murdering babies and yet babies are actually being murdered over in Palestine territories and they're okay with it. That part just, I just, I can't get over that. I, I cannot. The hypocrisy is just to the next level. And they only agree with well, it because their pockets are being lined. Just crazy.
1: Well, and some people, they take a they take a religious perspective to it and which, to me i I still have a hard time understanding why that's the case, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of evangelical Christians that mm-hmm. believe that the 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 Israelis and the Jews in general are the chosen people, and mm-hmm. it seems kind of counterintuitive to their own religious beliefs because mm-hmm. they're supposedly waiting for Jesus to come back and waiting for jesus but that the, the you know, Jewish people aren't waiting for Jesus to come back. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's very strange. Um, just yeah. that the, the belief systems don't align, but for some reason the politics do. Um, so you know now we're we're at, a, we're at a point where those 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 conversations that are happening are not just based on the the, the funding that people receive and the the, the the dollars that they're getting from these these lobbyist groups. It's also because of this this overlap with religious indoctrination, and it just again it adds a layer to it that makes it much more complex. And um, you know, I, like I said, I, I think I said this a few weeks ago. I don't know that the problem's ever going to be solved, but um, this certainly isn't helping. This isn't helping the conversation.
0: Nope. Not at all On to a lighter topic. <laughs> Good old Tom Brady. We can always expect him for a good laugh. So let me just read the exchange he had with President Biden recently when his team that won the uh, Super Bowl this year went to the White House. We found our rhythm. We got, we got on a roll. Not a lot of people, you know, think that we could have won. About 40% of people still think we, we won. Still, uh, sorry, still don't think we won. You understand that, huh. Mr. President. I understand that, Biden said with laughter. And personally, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what would down, what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing, and they called me Sleepy Tom. Why would they do that Not to me? Um referring to how people call, or how, not people. Um, President Biden was called Sleepy Joe by Trump. Everyone's up in arms about the exchange. They think Tom is disrespectful. I will be honest with you, and I'm probably going to get shit for it. I think Tom is being hypocritical because right before Trump got elected, It was well known that he and Trump were best friends. So, mm, not about best friends, but okay, maybe not best friends, but they were definitely friends. And so, I'm kind of confused. Um, I don't know, like the whole "it's good to be back here." Like, I remember when he won during. Trump's um tenure and I don't think he went to the White House. Did he did he like not go or something? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's an interesting like there's a whole bunch of interesting things in terms of backstory here. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, the the time the time that they won during Trump's presidency where he didn't go, he said because he didn't want it just to be a political thing and blah blah blah. But meanwhile, that's only a couple years before that. He had a, he had been notoriously spotted with a "Make America Great Again" hat in his locker, mm-hmm. and everyone, you know, said, "Oh, here we go. Here's a here's a Trump supporter. Here's there's Tom Brady has has come out and he's stated his political views for everyone to see." Um, so I agree that there is a certain hypocritical element, even though he didn't publicly come out and say, "I'm a Trump supporter." I'm not. He he didn't really throw his weight behind him. He just got caught with this hat in his locker. So who knows? Who knows how it happened? Who knows why it happened? Um, It's still one of those mysteries that remains to be solved. Um, You know, I like Tom Brady. I think he's funny. I think he does these things. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, it's part of his, uh, his persona to try to, know to try to mix it up a little bit and sometimes you know it could just be that he's um he's genuinely wanting to go and, and receive recognition in um you know in in what is considered one of the most honorable places to be able to uh you know to 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 go after you after you've won like they talk about going to Disneyland like it's more, I think to me it's like way more exciting to go to the White House and meet the president mm-hmm. if you' if are an athlete, yeah. if you're an athlete who's won the, the biggest game of the year so um a lot of times it ends up being a political statement, and I think it was uh, to me it was it was I enjoyed watching him um speak at this particular moment because I think regardless of whether he had a hat in his locker before or not there's he's not leaving any doubt at this point. This is no. him saying, you know, regardless of what was said before, what people believed about it because I had this hat in my locker, this is this is where I'm at. This is what I really mm-hmm. do. And this is who I mm-hmm. really
0: support. hmm And it's okay to change your mind. But I don't know. I, I just I felt like of, I saw them. I, thought, I, I felt like I saw them together in pictures a lot. Him and Trump, and then when he became president, it was almost like, oh, you're bad press. So, and and to be honest with you, if you look back on certain things, like I've been watching older movies and whatnot, they're not only mentioning Trump in there, they're um, cameos here and there, and I'm just like, wow, this this man like ruined his own legacy. Yeah, he was like a crazy kooky guy before. But now he's like vilified because of some of the actions that he's done. And I'm just, it's so weird. It's so weird. Mm. Looking back on that. But yeah, I, like I had mentioned, people can change their minds. Um, there's a, a couple of coworkers I had who voted for Trump the first time and definitely did not the second time. And... Mm-hmm express their regret the first time like i should not have voted for him and i'm like that's that was your choice you can do what you want you didn't even have to tell me that they're like i feel stupid i'm like whatever that's your choice i would never begrudge someone um their right to vote and who they vote for but yeah it was um there, there's always room for people to change their mind and i i just felt like i didn't understand when Tom changed his mind, I don't know, whatever. Well, Good in, in point, fairness, but.
1: you know, you're, you're, ta- you're talking about a lot of people that, um, especially if you're, at, you know, uh, wealthy or you're an athlete or, you, you know, you've, you've hung out with, you know, celebrities and you've hung out with mm-hmm. people that are... A wealthy businessman that had access to athletes that we don't typically have, you know that mm-hmm. that, that experience and that that um, you know that interaction that they've had for for years. Because you, you also got to remember, Tom Brady's been been quarterbacking since what two thousand three or two thousand one or whatever it was when he when yeah. he started. You know, he won his first Super Bowl, and you know, you're talking yeah. about somebody that has had this interaction with someone over the course of, of, you know, two decades. So of mm. course that dynamic is going to shift when, when Trump becomes president. Um, and, you know, who knows, maybe it was, you know, just a, 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 a kind of a, a casual friendship that they had. I, I don't True. you know. Again, I don't know. I don't know how I wasn't there when they were hanging out. Um, but at the same time, you know, if, if there was any doubt or, if, you know, if there was any question whether he changed his mind or not, I think,
0: you know, I think he pretty much
1: cleared the air in that conversation.
0: He sure did. He was like, yep, we are not friends. Um, and I'm, last, I'm sure there's a lot
1: of fans that are probably mad.
0: <laughs> a, a lot, though? Maybe a couple. Uh, maybe a couple, not a lot. I think a lot more fans are relieved than they are mad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the last major topic we're going to get to is climate control. And I want you to educate me a little because when I was trying to research this topic, I was super overwhelmed. And I was just like, I, I can't handle this. Um, the one thing that I'm, excited about that I knew was on day one Biden re-entered the U.S. into the Paris Agreement, which we should have never left, but um, that's the one thing that stuck out for me. What else can you tell us? Because this has been the craziest summer. I've never experienced this many heat waves. In June, not July, in June, it was like a heat wave every other week. And yeah, yeah, I was not, I was not here for it. Um, So go ahead. I'm going to defer to you on this topic.
1: Well, I I do want to echo the the sentiments about the Paris agreement and getting back into Mm -hmm. that. I think that was absolutely tremendous and necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from North Korea, when the U.S. left, there was only North Korea. North For us to be aligned in any way, shape, or form with North Korea on any level <laughs> is just beyond comprehension to me. But yeah. um, it was the United States, when they pulled out, and North Korea were the only two nations that were not signed on to the Paris Agreement. And that is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, So now here we are, we've gotten back into it. Um, But what we're seeing and what we're observing right now is part of the reason why that is so critical at, you know, especially at this moment, Uh, people don't, you know, people in the Northeast have experienced extremely unusual heat waves. We've had these very uncharacteristic, rainy, uh, this, this rain that has, I don't even know when it's going to end. Um, we've had one of the rainiest Julys in history and, and Boston is, is on pace to have the rainiest July in its history. Um, if it hasn't already, Worcester broke its record. I mean, there, there has been a massive amount of rain here. Um, Mm -hmm. and the ironic thing is that you sprinkle in the rain in the, the those seventy degree temperatures which are pretty uncharacteristic for, for New England summer with all of the in terms of days on uh, days upon days you did ninety plus degree heat in June mm-hmm. and, and and in the northeast we're kind of taken aback by it. But you then you look across the country and the north the Pacific Northwest experienced its highest temperatures ever. The, Pacific, the southwest of the United States experienced record-breaking temperatures. Um, we're seeing, and, you know, of course there was, there was a massive amount of flooding in Europe that were completely uncharacteristic. So there's all these things that are happening that around the world are hopefully going to make people more aware and more sensitive to the fact that these changes in our environment, in our planet, are accelerating. Hurricane seasons have gotten worse. Um, mm-hmm. You know the, the, the dramatic shifts in, in, in temperature and rainfall, and you know that that cause these massive outbreaks and in, and in, in, uh, wildfires. All of these things are contributing to an environment that is 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 spiraling out of control, and it's. In some ways, it's terrifying, and in other ways, um, you know, it, it it should hopefully be eye-opening to some people that have been denying this for so long, and, and they argue that the science doesn't support it, but the numbers don't lie. Um, so, you know, I, I want to continue to see progress. I know that it might be too little too late in some people's eyes, but hopefully we continue to progress in a direction that um, – that will allow us to, to at least slow what's been happening to a point where, you know, that people are, are not going to, we're not going to see more loss of life. And that's ultimately what it comes down to is, is this egregious loss of life that, um, that can be prevented.
0: It should be prevented. Mm-hmm. That time it was um, 100 here in Massachusetts. It was so hot. There was an advisory to stay indoors. And a couple of people had strokes. A lot of animals were dying. Um, and if it was hot up here, you know, down south it was hot. Um, yeah, that was crazy. I'm, I, well, I'm I can't just- wait. I hate summer. I hate summer. I will say it. I hate summer and I hate winter. I like spring and fall. Those are my two seasons. Summer and winter can fuck themselves because they are just too extreme for <laughs> to me. For real. They're too extreme. Like, I hate being freezing cold, but I also hate being sweltering hot. Um, here at my sister's um, house that I'm house-sitting with my nephew, she has central air. You damn well better believe I have a fan on in my room when I'm sleeping and I'm under two layers of covers. Um, I just hate being... I like being right in the middle. I don't I don't like the whole extreme stuff. So that's just me. Um Yeah, and we're gonna have to get used to it. I know. I know, and I was thinking you can go to California. But California when it's hot, wildfires happen, so it's like there's nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, have to have to win. I just want spring and fall year-round. That's all. Um, they are? They're back on fire again? There's massive
1: wildfires. Well, in Oregon, there's massive wildfires. There's wildfires, uh, I think, in California right now. I mean, it's just everywhere.
0: Poor people. And if I remember so last bad for those animals. Week, mm-hmm.
1: Well, if you remember this past week... There was a, a there was a day or two where it was really hazy out. It was almost like was, mm-hmm. almost like it was foggy. Yeah, but that was the smoke from the Oregon wildfire.
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy! I did not know that.
1: Yeah, it. it it's I mean, so crazy. Think about when the opposite coast is affecting, you know, the 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 weather patterns and the things that are happening on the East Coast and our our air quality because of this massive,
0: massive wildfire that's happening on the, East, on the West Coast. It's crazy to think about that. I have been checking my weather app a lot in the past two months. I will say that. And one of those days that you were talking about, it said air quality unhealthy. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? And now it makes sense. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I
1: mean the rain. The rain has helped. Um, mm. that, 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 that's the thing. It's we're 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 seeing these things play out in real time, and yeah. people are still denying it. People are still not believing that it's a real thing, but we're seeing it mm. play out in real time, and it's. It, I don't know how people can continue to deny that it's a it's a problem, but um,
0: Ignorant. you know,
1: that's... That's ignorance, and hopefully, as I said, that people will, this will be an eye-opener for a lot of people.
0: hmm Yeah, to I just feel bad person. for homeless people because they got nowhere yeah. to go, you know? Yeah. Um, before we end today, movies and TV reviews, what have you, what have you been watching? I actually have a couple things, but
1: so, um, did I mention that I've, I've, I've never watched Boardwalk Empire and I started to watch that?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've seen a couple yeah, of So I
1: started watching, I started watching it. It's really, it's entertaining. It's, um,
0: mm-hmm. it's a great
1: time, time period type of show about, you know, about, uh, Prohibition era in uh, Atlantic City. It's, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so i've been watching that i've really been struggling to try to make it through i know i keep talking about it manifest it's hurting my brain but i'm trying really i'm trying um and that's you know that that's been the yeah i know that's been the bulk of what i've been what i've been doing is is trying to get through like an episode at a time cuz i keep falling asleep during the second one cuz i just i can't I, my mind just won't let me struggle through it so much. So anyway, um, that's pretty much all I've been doing. I know. I know. It's crazy. um, But that's that's where I'm at. That's it.
0: Oh, okay. How about Um, you? What are you watching? Oh, I have to plug this because so obviously the Property Brothers got me into HGTV and they have like seven shows. And so I branched out to other shows like Flipper Flop. And now I watch both of them. They have their own show. Tarek has Flipping 101 where he mentors people. Um, he mentors other flippers that are his, his friends. And then there's, he has another show. I can't remember the name of it, where it's just him and his contractor and they flip homes and stuff. And then Christina has Christina on the coast where she goes into homes that are already, um, that are, some of them are her friends, some of them are new clients, but they just want her to kind of reconfigure and reconstruct their homes that they already have. So I watched those, those, that block of shows. I just got into one of my favorite new shows. It's called Farmhouse Fixer. Have you heard of it? I have not. So Jonathan Knight from uh, New Kids on the Block, he's obviously openly gay and married. He is renovating homes and farmhouses to be exact. And he is, it's only six episodes the first season, but he's helped people in New England fix up their homes. And he's restoring farmhouses to their former glory I mean, it is so cool seeing him, like, this one farmhouse that they bought, that this couple bought, he actually had, um, it was a main house with four rooms only. And then they added an addition, they added two additions that led to a barn. He actually had to tear down those two additions at at the tune of $70,000. Because there was a well in the basement, and the foundation was on rotting trees. And it would have pulled the, the rest of the house, the main house down. It was, in, it was insane. So we had to tear down that, those two additions, pour out and fill in the well, redo the foundation, and then rebuild those two additions into one seamless addition. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. I watched that Friday night into Saturday morning. So addicted to it. Jonathan Knight is so funny, he's still adorable. Um, although I was into Joey at the time, I am now totally about Jonathan. He's amazing. And Would you say um, that Jonathan would you say that Jonathan has the right stuff? You were waiting to say that, weren't you? <laughs> You were waiting uh, to say that. I cannot right. deal with you. Ugh. Anyway, yes, mm-hmm. he does, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's he he knows what he's doing. Although, there was this one episode. Oh my God. So, these people said that they wanted to take, like, they wanted color in their kitchen and whatnot. He painted this woman's kitchen... Her cabinets were, like, a bright blue. And I'm like, ew. It was, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Not turquoise, but, like, almost like a teal ocean blue. And I'm like, no. This looks like a Barbie house. It was very strange. But she ended up loving it, so whatever. But, um yeah he's really good at what he does. He really is good, and he has a designer named Christina that helps him oh, just I love it I love it so so there's it sounds that. Like
1: he's uh, it sounds like he's uh fixing these houses step by step
0: okay <laughs> there's more with that ahead, came just from. get just get it all out just get it all out just
1: right now right go ahead, right go ahead.
0: or do you want to wait were those
1: with those? Were those cabinets hanging
0: tough? (laughs) Joe and his dad jokes. You got to love them. Um, After we got home from the drive-in, my nephew was really wanting to, because it was supposed to be a double feature. Um, But number one, we were all being, well, except for my nephew, though we were all being bitten by mosquitoes and they didn't put any like candles around or anything like that. So that was weird. The chair I was sitting in, my chair was so uncomfortable. And after sitting in that chair for an hour and a half, I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this again. And plus my sister's pet needed me. So I was like, I think that we should go. (laughs) And they're like, okay. So we, we left after that. And, My nephew found the movie, The Forever Purge, and we ended up watching that. So good. So good to the point my nephew made up black. Uh, It was a really good movie. If you like the Purge movies, I encourage you to watch it. It was very, very well done. There, There were a couple scenes where I'm like, why are you just standing there? And then immediately when I said it, they moved. So it was like a momentary thing. I don't know. I just thought it was well-written, well-acted. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Highly recommend it. On my list. Um, the other major thing I did last week was I watched all of the Saw movies except Spiral, the, the latest one that came out. Um, they were gross. I'm not going to lie to you. They were disgusting. Uh I actually end up getting past the scene where the woman got put into the the bed of needles in the second one. Oof, I'm still getting chills from that. Um, but no, they were good. And I will say this about the Saw movies. Maybe you saw my post. They all tied in. It's like Marvel. Every one of those movies tied into the last one and the first one. They all were seamlessly tied in. Um, and then by the end of it, I'm like, I understand why Jigsaw did what he did and why he does what he does. But obviously I don't agree with it, but I understand why he does. And it kind of made me look at my life and be like, gee, my life ain't so bad anymore. <laughs> I don't want to be kidnapped by Jigsaw. Um but yeah, I, I ended up watching all those, and I faced my fear on that because I was so scared to watch those movies. They were disgusting though. I am not going to mince words. They went When you think that this movie franchise couldn't go there, they go there. What so the grossest thing they, I think the grossest thing they did was they, tw- they twisted some guy's body, his limbs and his head. Was, oh, They ripped oh, some yeah. skin off a, a woman's abdomen. I mean, just everything you can think of. Whoa, so gross. Um, <laughs> my nephew's like, whoa, that sounds cool. Um, yeah, but it was intense. I don't think I could do that movie marathon again. It was just too gross. But yeah, I'm glad I did it. Eva Mendez moment. What's yours?
1: Uh, my Eva, you Eva Mendez moment. No, mm-hmm. my Eva Mendez moment was. Um, so yesterday when we were in Boston, mm-hmm. we saw a couple of uh, a couple of. Uh, we, we wandered around. We went to Faneuil Hall. We went to Quincy Market. We wandered around, and mm-hmm. outside they. You know it's it's not uncommon to see people performing in the street
0: mm, true
1: so we were with my stepdaughter and um we were watching this guy playing you know the the, the guys who play the the, the buckets the, the empty five gallon buckets and so um mm-hmm. so there are no dancing but there was this guy playing ah. drums, and I love it. I just, for some reason, I just love it. It, it just, it's always exciting to watch somebody doing it. And um, uh, not that they're playing anything good or not that they're, you know, it's just, it, I, I love it for some reason, just something about it. Um, but anyway, so this guy was playing, and um, my stepdaughter was like, uh, can I go put money in his, in his bucket? And I was like, "Oh, Aw, that's so sweet. So of course, you know she she's like I was like yeah of course and, and her mom was like yeah of course so we were we were uh, she she had brought her money that she had gotten from the tooth fairy and from birthdays and stuff like that because she was like oh if we go to the aquarium gift shop um, I want to be able to buy something so that so that's she had money with her and so she's like oh I want to give a dollar to this guy so we're like wow okay so she pulls a dollar out and she was nervous to go over and she's like. And uh, I said, "Do you want me mm-hmm. to go with you?" And she said, "Yeah." So we went over and we gave the guy a dollar, and you know, the usual, you know, head nod, and just kept playing. Um, and then we were a little bit later on, we saw this girl who was playing violin, and um, she had like this, she had like, her Instagram stuff on a on a post, or her all her social media stuff on a on a, a poster board. And, you know, and one of the surprising things, just as a side note, is they, they they have Venmo now. Street street performers have Venmo. It's amazing. And so people will go over and they'll scan the Venmo. And they'll they'll Venmo them a couple bucks. Like, it's cool to see that, right? Like that's, this is where technology has, has brought us to. But anyway, um, so that, that's an interesting segue. There's, um, yeah. So she wanted to do the same thing and give this girl a dollar and, um, so we ended up, you know, same thing. I walked over with her. She put the dollar in the case, and the girl nodded, and she kept playing her. I think she was playing Beyonce or something at the time. And it was just pretty cool to um, to see that she was, you know, saw these people performing and appreciated enough that she wanted to give her uh, her tooth fairy money to uh, to these performers. Aww. It was really sweet. It was a really sweet yeah, that moment. I'm both of these. So that's my Eva Mendes moment. It's a little Aww. thing.
0: That's a sweet moment. It really is. And I like that. Um, I'm going to have to say mine was going into the drive-in. Just like the whole experience of going there. I, I turned to my sister <laughs> and she totally ruined it. I go, oh, my God, thank you for taking me to the drive-in. She's like, well, I didn't take you. I mean, I'm like, yes, you did. You drove me here. I had to leave my car somewhere else. You drove me here. You took me. Shut up. Just say just say you're welcome, <laughs> and just like experience it with um you know, any anytime I hang out with my nephew i I feel like I have a good time and so yeah, I just the whole the whole thing was there was a couple of things when i'm young when I was younger, I said I wanted to do as a kid. one of them was rent out a movie theater for my birthday. And we did that. She actually did that for his 18th birthday back in February. And then another thing, obviously, was a drive-in. So literally, she's making my childhood dreams come true. So that was like a little moment yeah. for me. And I was like, "Oh, that's so sweet. How,
1: how, um, uh, how Bezo-esque. Wow.
0: We, we really went there. <laughs> you're quite feisty today. I don't know what's gotten into you, but you're quite feisty. <laughs> um any shout outs you wanna give before we sign off for the day.
1: Yeah, I wanna give a, a shout out to um Violin Viv with two eyes on the Viv. <laughs> um she's she's uh she was the, one of the performers yesterday. Yeah and I dealing with she, she's dealing with some um some medical issues and mm-hmm. it was very very cool to see her out there performing and doing something that she clearly enjoys. And I want to give mm-hmm. a shout out to her, uh, Violin Viv with two eyes. Thanks.
0: Um, nice. That's my shout out. And just to let everybody know, Justin Bieber was one of those performers when he was a kid, playing just for the masses. And look where he is now. So just sure. let me you know.
1: Okay. Um, so, support her if you can. Throw her a few bucks if you can. She's dealing with some medical stuff.
0: It'd be yeah. nice,
1: nice little surprise to get that shout out. I'm, I'm hoping.
0: You're a nice guy. My shout out goes to Chris Crocker. Um, if you guys don't remember him, he's the lead Brittany Alone guy. This or this past week, he actually went public. He is starting HRT. So he's coming out as trans, and I could not be happier for him. He's been going through a lot recently. I've been following him on Instagram for the past couple of years. He's been going through a lot, and he just seems so, so much happier. And, um, yeah, I just want to give him a shout-out and tell him that, well, actually, I don't even know what his pronouns are right now. I'll have to check that out Um, so I can address Chris properly. I'll just say, and because I don't know Chris's pronouns right now, I'll just keep saying Chris until I find out. So, yeah, Chris gets a shout-out today from me. So, anyway, that's all I got. I, um, yeah, that's all I got. And I am glad we had this talk. Once again, you are bringing your own brand of funny and snark. Um, before we go, what are your plans for the rest of the day?
1: Um, I have to uh, I have to give my son a call, my obligatory okay. Sunday call.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and other and other than that, I think uh, my my in laws are coming by. My my wife's parents are coming by for uh, for dinner. Mm-hmm. And be just a quiet evening. Nothing crazy. Nice.
0: How and of course you? you're gonna answer you my, anything fun. You're gonna answer my text later too, so that we can get that oh, yeah. taken care of. Yeah. yeah. All right. And I I think um, email you can get a chance to respond to it. Not my email and my text. Yeah. I just sent you a text. All right. I um, think I just bought I'm going to be watching Pirates of the Caribbean with my nephew. We're watching all five films. Ooh. And I'm going to be house-sitting for the rest of the week. And that's it. <laughs> and then next week I have off, which is amazing. So, yeah, I've got, um, got nothing going on. I wouldn't say nothing. Five, five,
1: five movies is not nothing.
0: True. I mean, the thing about my nephew and I that I love is he loves movies as much as I do. So we'll probably bang those out in the day. And then who knows what the rest of the week we're going to watch. We have basically the same taste in movies. Um, basically. In TV shows, I, I think we vary. But movies, yeah, we we pretty much have the same same taste, and we always have almost the same take on a movie too. It's quite funny. Yeah, he's my he's my little buddy, I love him. and he's laughing because he's like two feet away from me, and I'm talking about him. Yeah. He's not here. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I got. Thank you all for listening. Joe, thank you for joining me once again and putting up with me. Uh, thanks for putting um, up with me. I'll stop with my new comments. Okay, thank you for saying that because I was hoping that you would say that. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 all right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye, everyone.
1: Still thirsty for more tea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Spilled Tea PC. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Spilled Tea.